let's keep it real. If you're actually building a business online, if you want to build a company and not just make money because anyone can make money online, right? AdSense, affiliate marketing, e-com, whatever. Anyone can make money online, but it takes a different type of person to build a business online. That is Jill Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5, and she is joining me in episode number 31 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. I know a lot of people listening, they are either starting their side hustle while they're working their 9 to 5, or they're getting ready to leave their 9 to 5. And if that is you, and I know it's many of you, then this podcast episode is perfect because Jill is the expert, the go-to person on saying, screw the nine to five so you can become your own boss. Before I get to the interview with Jill, I have to address something because I have heard from a lot of people who are basically buying just like a lot of shit online because it sounds good and They're not really educated about what they're buying. They're just falling for the marketing. And then a few weeks and a few months later, they're disappointed. So because a lot of this revolves around publicity and media, let me just tell you something about earning coverage in the media. It is not guaranteed. The only way anybody can guarantee you coverage in any media platform is if one, It's an advertisement that you're paying for, and you're paying for this ad through somebody who actually sells ads at the media company, or two, you are talking to the person who owns the media company. So if somebody tells you, I can get you in Forbes magazine, that person has to either sell ads for Forbes and you pay them, or that person has to own Forbes because this is a recurring problem that I see online and that people approach me about. They fall for this great marketing because people are telling them, I can get you in Forbes. I can get you in Thrive Global. I can get you here. I can get you there. That is something nobody should ever promise you unless they work for that company and they're selling you an ad or they own the media outlet. It's called earned media for a reason. You have to actually earn it. In my agency, I never promise anybody any coverage, even when it's scheduled. I was at a local TV station one day getting ready to do my segment and the Trumpster said something stupid. So we had to do some breaking news and covered the Trumpster drama and my segment did not air. I had to record it and it aired the following week. So if somebody was being shady and they were charging me for that coverage and it didn't happen, I would be pretty upset. But guess what? There's nothing I could do about it because I'm not dealing with somebody who actually works at the outlet. And this is, I guess, like a new problem that's running rampant across the internet today is people are getting these roles as contributors to online outlets and they're trying to sell you coverage which A, is illegal. It's against Federal Trade Commission guidelines. So that's one. Two, if the outlet finds out the contributor is doing this, then they are going to take that article down and blacklist the contributor. So if you are paying for that coverage, you just wasted your money because now it's gone. And three, it is extremely unethical on top of being illegal. 
So I know there's a lot of people online that want a quick fix and they want to take shortcuts and they want to get these media mentions because they're huge for your brand. That's what I do. I'll tell you, they're a big deal for your brand if you leverage them correctly after you earn them. But you cannot be paying contributors for coverage. It's wrong on so many levels. When I wrote for Inc. Magazine, I'll give you another example. There were many times I wrote articles and I quoted some people and I would link back to certain pages on their website. And my editor would say, well, why are we talking about this person? Or this quote doesn't go here. Or I'm not going to link back to this page because it looks too promotional. It's not relevant to the article. So the editor would cut stuff out. So if I'm being a shady contributor and I'm charging somebody for coverage that I don't have control over and that coverage changes, there's nothing I can do about it because I'm just a contributor. So if you're one of these people who is falling for this online marketing because it sounds good, just know that contributors have literally no pool in a media outlet. They're there because the media outlet just wants to pump out as much content as they can. And there are people who look at what contributors submit and they'll cut stuff out or they'll just decide not to publish the article at all. And if you're paying this contributor, then you're going to be screwed. I recently saw a contract Like people are making contracts as contributors. Somebody paid a contributor for Thrive Global almost $4,000 for an article. Okay, let me tell you why this really fired me up. One, that's way too much freaking money to spend. You could hire a PR agency to get you lots of coverage for that, and it would be legal and ethical. That's one. Two, and this is the kicker, Literally, anybody can write for Thrive Global. You can go to their website and you can click on contributors and you can sign up to become a contributor that day. So if you're paying $4,000 for an article in Thrive Global, you're a freaking idiot. You can get on their website and write an article and publish it. Come on, people. Like, do your homework. I understand People may write good copy. They may work with great affiliates. They may say stuff that sounds great. But as a journalist of 10 years, somebody who has worked in the media, around the media, behind the scenes, and in front of the scenes, there are a lot of people playing you. There are a lot of people saying things that sound good, and after you give them your money, you're screwed. I have gotten, again, countless messages from people in my Instagram, in my LinkedIn, in my emails, they're saying, I bought this course and the course creator disappeared and what she taught me doesn't work. Or I paid this contributor coverage for coverage and it didn't happen. Well, yeah, because y'all aren't doing your homework. And I understand this is something that may be hard to actually do homework on because it's so industry specific, but I guess I'm going to tell you what I tell like My parents and grandparents, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Don't fall for good marketing. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So if you have any questions about how the media industry works, instead of going to people who have zero media experience, ask somebody who is a true journalist, not somebody who signed up to be a contributor and is trying to turn that into a side hustle. 
I could go on and on about this, but I'm not going to because Jill Stanton is here and she is freaking amazing and she is going to teach you how to say screw the nine to five and be successful in your own business. So here she is. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Jill, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. I'm so excited. We made this work. We made it work with little babies and sicknesses and all. Love it. Um, Yay, mom life. (laughs) Yay, mom life. And that is actually one reason. How about this segue? That's one reason why you should say screw the nine to five because you're going to have a sick baby that your boss isn't going to care about, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my boss doesn't care. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, that really was one of the reasons that I started my business was after I had a couple of kids and I wanted a flexible schedule and nobody would give it to me. And I was like, well, I guess I just have to do this on my own because I have no choice. uh, Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've haven't had a boss in damn a lot of years, so I can't even imagine the extra layer of just operations and logistics and (laughs) feels that would go into trying to do this also with a job and trying to start a side, like there would just be, it would be a freaking mess. (laughs) Right. Like you were definitely ahead of the game because you had, you had your baby years after you said screw the nine to five, but I want to go back because I mean, I know you, we've known each other online for a little bit, but I actually don't know the story of how Screw the 9 to 5 came to be. I mean, it's very well known in the online space. You and your husband are very motivational and you're very inspiring for people who do want to become their own bosses. So I kind of want to hear before we get into tactics and strategies on how people can do that, how you actually did that from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we started the Screw with it not even, like we never started it to be a business, which sounds crazy. I think people are like, yeah, right. But it's true. We had a affiliate marketing business before we ever started screw the nine to five. And we built that up to like 30 different websites and a whole bunch of different niches. And it really came to be because people in our lives started asking us like, what happened there? Like, are you working? Do you have jobs anymore? Like, how are you traveling this much? Why don't I see you in a job? Like, how is this all working? And so it was actually our wedding week and we were down in Costa Rica and it's probably the one week you shouldn't work, but we're a couple of maniacs. And so we're like having a few rums because Costa Rica. And we were talking (laughs) about, we were about to move to Thailand because there's a big digital nomad community there. And we were saying we should start a site so we can just like share our story with our friends and family who keep asking like, what's happening? Um, and so that's and that's really how it started. And it's funny because we're, again, a few rums in. And Josh's like, yeah, but what would we call it? And I'm like, you know what? Like, screw the nine to five. It's such a and great name. It's so catchy. Both of us were like, oh, my God, is that available? And so once we saw it, it was, yeah, we grabbed it, kind of sat on it for a bit because we didn't really know what to do with it. We were just like, we had never built a personal brand before. Before that, we had skincare and beauty sites, (laughs) which is funny because Josh was doing skincare videos with me. Um, (laughs) 
And so we didn't really know where to start or what to do. And so the first year we kind of struggled with it, right? Like we tried to launch a program. It did zero dollars in sales because we didn't really know how to build an audience. Um, and it wasn't until we really started finding our groove that things started picking up for us. And after said humiliating launch, um, we started really like honing in what we were, the message we were spreading. And that at the time was affiliate marketing. It's evolved over the years, but it was really how to create this location independent lifestyle and make money online from anywhere in the world, which is kind of funny because now we're kind of full circle momenting in that we just shut down all our paid offers to go back to affiliate marketing. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a cool full circle moment. Yeah. I want to talk about that too, because, um, when we first connected, I don't know how many years ago it was, it was, I was writing for Inc. Magazine and you just shut down your Facebook group, your first oh Facebook group. Oh my God. I didn't know that's how we first that ever is, connected. Yes. Oh. That was how we very- So that was last last June, last July or so. Well, 2017. Yeah. So- Oh my gosh. A while ago, a long time ago. And since yeah. then, you've created new Facebook groups, shut those shut down. Shut that one down. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. Before the affiliate marketing website, I want to know yeah. what your your last job was was yeah, pretty much the only jobs I ever had was bartending. So I was yes, bartending in a, um, a series of restaurants and it was actually, that's how I started my first profitable business was I pitched my, the owner of my bar for me to run his social media. And cause he had three venues and he was trying to get it off the ground with social media. And I was like, well, I can do that for you. And he said, yes. And I was like, Oh, sweet. BTW, I quit bartending. <laughs> um, and so that was how I kind of made my way into this world. And Josh already had a business as well. And then both of us ended those to go all in together. Okay. So kind of backtracking, yeah. I love it. But bartending, yeah. Slinging drinks. And I was probably the angriest bartender you could get served by by the end of it. Because I was like, fuck this. I hate this. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I loved it. I served and bartended all throughout college and I had so much freaking fun. It was like the best job ever. Oh, I had a blast in my twenties, but like when I was 29, almost about to be 30, I was like, no bros, I need to, I need to nix this. Okay. Got it. True. True. I get it. Okay. So let's break down how people can say screw the nine to five. And so you started side hustling when you were working full time. I did too. So I was a TV reporter and anchor for over 10 years. And then I started side hustling towards the end, but I had to be like super, super conscious of who knew because like in TV, like you can't even wear your ponytail without getting special permission. Right. So (laughs) nobody could know that I was side hustling, but at this point, I just had my second child. He was just a couple of months old. Um, I'm in South Florida. I don't have family here. My husband's family is in Canada. Shout out to the Canadians. Hi. Yes. Um, and I needed a flexible schedule. So I was like, well, let me start yeah. side hustling. But I really wasn't doing it with the thought of being my own boss. And then I left TV. I worked at an PR agency for six months. And that's when I said, okay, this is just a service-based business. I just need myself and my expertise. I don't need a bunch of money. Like I can just do this on my own. And so that's when I started side hustling with the intent to save money to actually leave that job. So tell me what steps people should take, like what you recommend if people are thinking, okay, I want to start a side hustle. Maybe at first it's to make a little bit money and then they see 
the possibilities and the potential and they want to take it further. So I guess just kind of give people some strategies and direction on what they should do right now if they are in their nine to five and they're even thinking about starting a side hustle. Okay, cool. So business is super simple. It breaks down to two things, build an audience, sell them what they want, right? So that's always like step one, step two, (laughs) you're done. Uh, (laughs) It's that easy, people. (laughs) Truthfully, okay, so first we have to figure out what we want to do. Like, what do I want to do? Do I want to build a personal brand where I'm coaching people or creating a course or a membership site? Or do I want something that isn't reliant on me being the face of something and I want to get into a, I want to start a business in in like affiliate marketing or drop shipping or e-commerce or anything like that. So I think that's like the first step is what do I want? Like, do I want to be the face of a, of a business or would I rather create a brand, but it's not, you know, jillstanton.com. You know what I mean? So that's number one is figuring out which kind of business we want to start. And that can evolve over time. It's not like it's not going to cement your future (laughs) in stone if you make a decision and then you want to change it. Um, So figuring out what kind of business you want. Now, next, what is that business? Like what's who do you want to help? What's the market? What do you want to sell? Um, and then we need to build an audience. And this is where I think most people really get stumped because they're like, but it takes so long and I don't want to do all that. And I'm afraid to put myself out there. And I totally get all of that, but it's also a simple fact that attention is the currency online. There's no way around it. If you have attention and an audience and exposure to your business, it makes everything easier. It makes selling your products easier. It makes getting on podcasts, landing features, selling out anything, building an email list, packing out your webinars. It makes everything easier. So how do you do that? You do it by a few things like social media, content creation, and getting on other people's platforms who have audiences who are aligned with what you have to say and sell. So do you want to go deeper on that or do you want me to just keep it kind of like basic, like step one, step two, step three? Well, I like that a lot because that is my jam is just getting in front of other people um, and doing it without spending ads. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm anti-ad because that sounds bad, but I do think. it's volatile when you do that. So I agree. And ads are just not as effective as they used to be. People don't want to be sold to. You don't have credibility or authority when you're spending money on ads. You need that earned media. You need to, and earned because you are earning it because you are building a personal brand. You are worthy of being interviewed in Inc. about shutting down a Facebook group or (laughs) being a guest on a podcast, for example, and building an audience. That's something that's constant. Like that never ends, right? Totally. And here's the thing. You can, you have two resources, right? Time or money. So if you don't want to pay for building an audience then you use your time and your energy and you get on other people's podcasts or write guest posts or pitch yourself to outlet media outlets and you create your own content start a podcast get on social do lives like all of that kind of stuff there's no shortage of opportunities to help you build an audience like that's pretty much what the internet caters to um it's all just dependent on you and how much you want to like how driven you are to get your message out there and to start interacting with people so for me i'm i'm a huge organic audience builder i believe in it wholeheartedly. I also think Facebook groups is a fantastic way to do that. Even though I've shut mine down, I had it for four years. And the reason I did that is because in the beginning, I think Facebook groups are unparalleled with how 
quickly you can build a really engaged audience inside a group because it's a two-way conversation. So people get to know you and therefore they'll listen to your content, they'll go to your website, they'll opt into your stuff, they'll want to work with you. It's a really great platform for building an audience. Similar to this, podcast interviews, people get to hear you. Um, they get to connect with you and resonate with you on a deeper level and then you can direct them to take some sort of action, whether it's going to your website, following you on social, whatever it is, opting into a freebie. The, the key is to just do it and do it consistently and not give up three months in because you don't think it's going fast enough. If you can create a really solid audience building plan over the course of a year or something and you follow through with it and you stick to it, your business will look night and day, whether it's a side hustle or you're full time into it, it will look night and day a year from now. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I like how you mentioned two specific ones, the Facebook groups and the podcasts. For me, getting on podcasts is where I personally see a lot of ROI. I mean, I can track yeah. I can track $26,000 coming in in a matter of two weeks from one appearance on one podcast. And that's a direct that's result. Awesome. That's not like indirectly. Because, <laughs> you know, podcasts are out there forever. Like people find yeah. them months and months later. That was a direct result. So I like that you gave people a couple of specific examples of where to get started but you mentioned Facebook groups. Let's talk about why you start them and stop them, Jill. <laughs> Let's talk about this pattern you have, Jill. <laughs> because you um, don't just have like a Facebook group. Like you have tens of thousands of people in your group and it is super yeah. duper active. Yeah, it was a big decision. And I was scared as hell to make it, to be honest. Um, the first one, okay, so the first one, which you and I first connected over was a 45,000 person group. And I think it like shook the interwebs in our little space when I was like, bye, I'm shutting this one down. And people were like, what, why? And the thing I think with groups is they can get too big. And that sounds crazy where having a big community is like this vanity metric and all of a sudden you have it all figured out. But really, if you let the charm slip because the group gets too big, it just becomes an echo chamber of nonsense. And that was happening to my first group because I went against my gut. I had a gut feeling I should close it at 20,000 and only reopen it as we started, you know, people leave groups or they get blocked for spamming it or whatever and only let people trickle in so that we could keep it at 20. I went against my own intuition and I let it get too big. And so I shut it down to not shut it down, but like, started a new one and moved only the believers from that first group into the second group. I wanted to kind of hit the reset button with it, right? It was either I'm going to burn this to the ground or I'm just going to try again. And so at the time I was like, I'd rather try again and versus like completely walking away from groups because at the time I had had my group for two and a half years and I loved it. So I hit the reset button, grew that group to just just under 14,000, um, and then just a few weeks ago announced, well, I guess this is airing in 2019, so a few months ago, <laughs> um, announced that we were closing our second group again. And the reason we did that is because we have been devouring a book called Clockwork and really implementing that system into our business. And it has you take a good hard look at where you're spending your time in your business. And if that is contributing to the overall goals and vision you have for our com your company. And so as we did that, we went through those exercises, myself, Josh, and then our number two, her name's Nikki. Um, we all did it. And we had a stark realization that my group was taking me like, like 10 hours a week readers um, versus like two hours to working on stuff that actually moves the needle. 
And it just wasn't in our vision moving forward. We had just shut down our membership site. This seems to be a pattern with me. I, I, I can hear that <laughs> as I'm talking it out. But um, it's truly getting clear on what doesn't work for you anymore and not being afraid to make that decision because you're worried what other people will think or you're worried that it's like, oh my God, now what? Does that mean my fate is sealed and I'll never build an audience again? Um, so it was really just getting clear on you know, do we see a Facebook group in our future for 2019 and beyond? And the answer was no. And so we had to make that tough call. People may have thought we were crazy, but I actually got way more support and a lot of DMs from other people being like, I wanted to shut down my group for so long. Um, just because they, they are time consuming. They are absolutely time consuming and energy consuming. And you have to put a lot of time and energy into it and effort and love and presence and if that's just not something that lines up with your overall business goals anymore, or it just never did, then it's okay to do something that not everyone understands and make a judgment call that benefits you as a business owner and the company in general and its future, because that's why we're building companies, right? So that we can serve people, make an impact, make money. And sometimes we have to prioritize what's best for the company and not for ourselves. And something and that, that you did that I really liked was... You said, yes, we're shutting down, but hey, here's a few people that you should check out who can help you. Mm -hmm. And one of them you mentioned is Jada Selner. She's in episode yeah. 27 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. She's amazing. She's um, amazing. So that was really cool that you really didn't just leave people hanging, even though you are taking a shift in your business, you were still helping them. I want to ask, I'm going to guess part of the reason for the shift is because mm -hmm you have a son now, but what yep, is the reason? He screwed everything up. <laughs> <laughs> Your goals change. They really do. Totally. Totally. He, I was saying, we shot a podcast the other day, Josh and I, and we were saying like, he was the catalyst for so much change in 2018 for us. And I think it just, it woke us up, you know, like we were so wrapped up in our business. We were so in the weeds in 2017. We had no brain space. And so we weren't able to really pull back and see if what we were doing was actually what we wanted to be doing for the long haul. And when he finally came into our world, it gave us space to start asking those questions. And the minute you start asking what you want, you have to be prepared to answer that. And once you have that clarity, that usually comes with some big decisions. And our decision was we needed to close our membership site because our business at the time was very presence dependent. It was very time zone dependent. We had live calls every week almost. Um, people inside a Facebook community who wanted our time and attention, obviously, and just certain deliverables. And when he came into our world, we realized that's not the kind of lifestyle we want at all now that we have a tiny human. Um, we prioritize taking time off. We do three day weekends. We only work 25 hours a week. And so a membership business, the way we had it set up, I don't think this is the case for everyone, but the way we had it set up just didn't allow for that. And it kept us really heavily in the operations of our business and not in the marketing and content creation side, which is what we really, really love. And so we kind of had that aha, it really came down to Josh asking us, a lot of my stories involve alcohol, but we were on the balcony having a drink. <laughs> and he said to me, like, we we're just kind of going through the pain of unalignment at this point, trying to figure out like what fell off for us. And he said, like, what business model have we liked though? Cause we had done courses, a membership site, coaching, live events, group coaching, all of this affiliate marketing. 
And I said, no, I just like feel like I hate everything. (laughs) And he's like, no, we love affiliate marketing. And it was almost like this, like, boom, it just, everything kind of clicked at that moment. And once you have that kind of clarity, you have to follow through with it, especially when you feel like mad aligned with it. And so it was just a process of like making some scary decisions in the name of the kind of lifestyle we want to build and the kind of business we want to create and live our actual message. Like we're screw the nine to five and yet we were doing shit we hated. <laughs> like that's the exact opposite of the brand. And so we needed to come back into integrity and get back into alignment with that and be zero F's about it and unapologetic and just be like, this is what we're doing. Love you guys would appreciate your support. And everyone was amazing about it way better than I expected. I was like full of anxiety being like, Oh my God, everyone's going to hate us, you know? And it was um, such a great experience. And you did mention how it was very scary because I'm going to assume that most, if not all of your revenue That was recurring revenue that you were like, we're just going to stop this now. Yeah, it was scary as hell, big time. But like we had also started steering the ship in the other direction before we cut off all So you were side hustling, I guess, right? (laughs) Side hustling with the new venture and growing that so you felt it was safe to take the leap. Totally. And we weren't going to be reckless about it. Like before – our subscriptions even got turned off. We were going, we were doing promotions. We had built our revenue back up. So it never actually really dipped uh, the way I was expecting. Like I was so like, Oh my God, are we putting our financial future at risk? And we have a son now and blah, blah, blah. But it, it all worked out. Okay. I like it. Okay. So we, we diverted a little bit after build your audience, but that's important because it's it's good to see that, you know, like even you who have been in business, been successful for a few years, you're still kind of following these steps as you create new goals and do new things in your business. So people are building an audience. They're still mm-hmm. doing that. Maybe say they're still working full time. They're building an audience. They they know who they're marketing to. They know what they want to sell. They know what they want to do. So obviously building an audience, that's something that is constant. So after they started doing that, while they're continuing to do that, what is the next step for them? In the audience building process or in making money? In making money. They started right. building their audience. Maybe they picked podcasts. Maybe they, they're using yeah. Facebook groups. Whatever strategy yeah. they picked. What comes next while they're building the audience? Asking people what they want, right? Like if you don't know what you want to sell, if you're kind of like, what should I, what can I offer people? I always think the best thing to do is go directly to the source. And we did this in our business as well. Before we even started Screw You, I sent out an email <clears throat> And the subject line was, can I call you? And we opened up 20 half hour, most of them one an hour, <laughs> Skype sessions with people just so we could connect with them and ask them, what are your biggest struggles right now? Like, what are the roadblocks you're facing in your business? And we started spotting common themes. And from that, that's how Screw You was born. So we didn't come into it being like, we are going to create this thing. It's called Screw You, and it is exactly this. Instead, we talked to people so that we could get a clear glimpse of what people actually needed and wanted, and then we created an outline for that, and then we pre-sold it, and then we created it. You know what I mean? So it was never like, I'm going to fast track it and create something before I even know if anyone wants it. Instead, we kind of baby stepped our way into it, made sure people wanted it, 
pre-sold it, got the money up front and then created it. And I actually think that's the best move for a lot of people just getting started is you don't have to create a whole suite of products straight out of the gate if you don't know what you want to create yet. All you have to do is connect with that audience that you've been putting time into building and have a conversation with them. Open up Skype sessions, get to know them a bit. Open up a thread in a Facebook group, open up a poll, send out an email, ask on your podcast, you know, ask through Instagram, ask through stories. There's so many ways to do this. You don't have to wing it and you can start really small and incrementally improve it over the years because let's keep it real. If you're actually building a business online, if you want to build a company and not just make money because anyone can make money online, right? AdSense affiliate marketing, e-com, whatever. Anyone can make money online, but it takes a different type of person to build a business online. And if you're here to build a business online and therefore create a life for yourself, then you're in it, you're in it for the long haul. And that means you have a little bit of time to <laughs> dedicate to incrementally improving and finessing your process and your product suite and growing gradually. I always think that's the best move. It takes away the pressure. It zaps all the comparison we put so many of us put ourselves through and it allows us to grow slow, but gradual and be profitable AF. And that's what being strategic is all about. Um, mm. it's, it's slowing down and growing, going slow to grow. Um, I love that. And I feel like, thanks. It's not mine. I think I took it from Pat Flynn. Um, oh, okay. well, thanks like, Pat. That was good. Props to Pat. I was like, <laughs> <grow> slow. <laughs> um, and I think the biggest mistake, at least I know the mistakes that I made was I thought I knew what my audience wanted mm -hmm. and I didn't do that step four where you really asked them. And I, I think I knew what they wanted. I just said it in a completely different way. So my marketing wasn't connecting. We, they wanted what I had, but I was speaking in my terminology and they were speaking in theirs and I was almost too close to my expertise yeah. that it wasn't a match. And it took me probably a good year or so to realize, wait, I need to change the way I'm talking because they're not understanding what I'm saying and I have what they want. So I think talking to them is super exact important. Same thing. When, getting that information. Yeah, okay. and the only, the only reason we ended up doing that is because we created a product that we thought everyone wanted and then actually zero people wanted it. <laughs> Um, because we came out from like, well, this worked for us. So clearly people want to know it. They'd be dying to buy this. And we put three months of our time, invested $5,000 into creating a program. Don't ask why, like it should cost you barely anything now, but $5,000 in three months of our time and literally woke up to zero sale, zero sales and no one bought it ever. So yeah, that's why we started opening up calls. So we we're like, how do we avoid that happening again? Um, and just took the leap and put ourselves out there to talk to people. So when do people take the, the leap? Say they've done all of these steps, they've pre-sold. Um, obviously, I don't think you should take the leap if you're not selling anything. I think you need to be selling something and making money. But when do people say, okay, I'm going to say screw the nine to five and I'm going to go all in on this new business venture of mine? I mean, I personally, I, it depends. It, it depends, depends on, on the person, your, for sure. Yeah, on your level of risk tolerance, I would right. say. I'm and, the type of person who would want an income coming in, for sure, steady and predictable, as much as possible. Me too. Or a runway of savings. Yep. Right? Some I people agree. are burn the boats kind of people, and I totally get that. I don't know if I have the stomach for that, um, especially now that I have a kid. Right, I don't want so the stress. I would ask, yeah, because then you'll make poor decisions, right, out of money out of desperation for money. And I think that's always 
that can sink your business really quickly because you'll start to work with people who drain your energy. You're going to get jaded. You're going to hate what you do. And you're going to be like, why did I do this? Um, instead be smart about it. Cause what's the rush, right? Like I understand a lot of people hate their jobs and they want out and the future of work is changing. Let's just keep it real. But it also doesn't mean that it needs to be this frantic chaotic process. Like what happens if you give yourself a year to build this up? so that you can work consistently on it, build up a runway of savings, or build your income so that it's steady and dependable, and then make the leap. I love that. But again, some people will just be like, no, F that, I'm quitting. And I'm gonna be like, okay. Yeah, I love <laughs> that. No, I, I think the same thing. I mean, I was side hustling for a few months before I left. Um, and I mean, it, it's definitely a motivator if you leave before you're ready, because you do need to make a lot of money. But like you said, that is when you're frantic. And you're not being strategic and you're just throwing up a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and hoping something good sticks. Well, it's funny because, so you said you waited a few months, but then we had a member inside Screw You for a few years. His name was Jason Brown, JB. Uh, And he built his business on the side of his full-time job. And he he built it up to $500,000 a year before quitting. And I kept saying to him, like, Jason, you can probably quit now, homie. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have a half a million dollar business. But his thinking was he wanted to be sure that he could build a big business on the side so that when he did leave, it it felt still like a part-time gig. Like he didn't want his life to then be consumed by his business. You know what I mean? Like he wanted to keep the generally the same hours and the same level of lifestyle he had so that he didn't quit one job to start another that's amazing. So, People need yeah, to so be it, more patient like JB. Yeah, JB is, he's such a great guy. But yeah, that's the spectrum, right? Like some people are like, nah, I'm just going to go for it. And I have zero money. And then there's just JB who's like, I'm going to wait until I'm making half a million dollars. So, you know, you just got to pick what works for you. <laughs> that is so funny. I know somebody like that too, who has a side hustle. Um, he actually teaches people how to sell things on eBay and make a living selling stuff on eBay. He's an attorney in New York and he has many months where his eBay business is doing better than his job as an attorney, which is super cool, but he's doing the same thing. He's being very strategic and careful. And I mean, he lives in New York city, right? So it's not like the cheapest place to live in America. Um, but very cool. Okay. So Jill, if people want to find out more about you, if they want to work with you, I guess, I don't know. Can't people work with you? No, you can't. You know how you go to her websites and you buy stuff with the affiliate links. That's how they work with you. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) We just, we, our vision is to make the screw like the number one destination for free information, tips, skills, resources, and inspiration you need. So no, you can't work with us. You can't give us money. So it's, it's a cool kind of like vibe we've got going on over there, but screw the nine to five all spelled out. No numbers. Screw the nine to five.com is the easiest way. Or I love Instagram. Like Instagram is my new Facebook groups. Ooh, <laughs> um, I, didn't so know I would that. love, I would love to continue the conversation over there. And I'm just at screw the nine to five again, no numbers all spelled out. Okay, fun. I didn't know that. I'll have to hit you up on the Insta then. Awesome. Yeah, I would love that. Okay, I'm cool. constantly being ridiculous over there. It's great times. Love <laughs> it. Okay, I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Thank Jill. You. I appreciate it. This has been super helpful because, like I said, there's a lot of people listening who are in that full-time job and want to leave, and you gave them step-by-step strategies and tips and tricks on how to do it. So thank you so much. 
I should also say I have a full blog post actually. That's like how to start the right business from you from top to bottom. So it is going through like, what is the best kind of business for you? It's just a blog post Josh and I wrote, but if you want, I can send you the link. That might be wildly helpful. We for will your put that well. in the show notes for sure. Sweet. I'm also going to link to that ink article we talked about, about you shutting down your Facebook group. Yes. Great idea. That's fun. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks, Jill. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I love chatting with you. Thank you, Jill. And I'm also going to leave so many resources in the show notes. I'm going to link to screwthe9to5.com where you can find Jill on Instagram, an ink article that we mentioned that I wrote um, about Jill and how she closed down her Facebook group and um, all of the things, all of the things will be in the show notes. So be sure to check out the show notes that are linked here with this podcast episode. And if you want to know how to like legitimately earn media exposure and not do anything shady or illegal or unethical or pay somebody money for no reason, then please make sure you check out my free three-day course, Pitch Publicity Profit. I will teach you how to pitch the media on day one, how to turn that into publicity on day two, and how to turn that publicity into profit on day three. That's the step everybody forgets, and it's the most important one. So make sure you check that out at pitchpublicityprofit.com. And I will see you all next week when we will talk with Kimra Luna. <laughs>